morning. Yeah, it might be a little loopy. I can't lie to you. Can't lie to you. <laughs> but are you as loopy as D is when it comes to politics? Opening with a segue. That's how we're doing it, Sheldon. Very professional. How are you doing? Very professional. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> for once, very professional. How are you doing? And what is your name for the good people? Uh, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And I'm John Chidley Hill, and this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. That it is, my friend. And you know what? I thought this was a very, very interesting episode of the challenge because they're just mind games being played everywhere. And I, I like this part, the strategy part, you know, who's in the game and who's getting played, right? So I found a very interesting episode. What, what did you think? Because it was a little bit more uh, you know, slow paced than we've seen before, right? Much slower paced. And we're going to talk about that by the time we get to the elimination challenge. Mm -hmm. But literally the first word or first note I have from this episode is interesting to see how the American alliance alliances and the British alliances are lining up. Yes. Right. Like we hadn't really I guess they'd sort of hinted at it. And by they, I mean, the producers, the editors of this show mm -hmm. had sort of hinted that the like, as we know, as CT and Turbo explained last week, the Americans are split down the middle. The Brits are split down the middle. Both CT and Turbo are sort of stuck between these warring factions. But we'd never had the direct link made as Tori did for us that the like Kara and Polly led alliance they have allies on the British side and Tory and Jordan's alliance they have a much smaller group of allies <laughs> on the British side but what I also thought was interesting is to see how many people like haven't declared what set they're repping yes right like so I think CT, I think we should break Idris, this down Kyle yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we should break this down because I was very intrigued by this because it made me it made me really think things through in terms of long term where the game is going. So we get the split in, in Polly and Kara, right? We find out the one side of the house, which what did Georgia call them? Kara's cult, right? Yeah. So Polly, Kara, Ashley, Cam, and Ninja. And then on the UK side of the house, which is still a part of their alliance though, right? We have Kaylee, Joss, Rogan, D, and Esther. Now, as you mentioned, on the Tori and Jordan side, you have Tori, Jordan, Nani, Josh, Zach, and sometimes Leroy, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> funny. And then on the other side, on the UK side, but still a part of the Tori Jordan Alliance, you had Georgia, Theo, and Jenny. And you, you mentioned that, and hey, great minds think alike, or fools seldom differ. Is that how it works? <laughs> That's but how it goes. The next thing I wrote down was, wait a second, who's left out here? Because they didn't name everybody. And no, I was intrigued by that. It. Idris, CT, Kyle were not brought up, right? Yeah, but also Esther, Turbo. Turbo um, was not brought up, yes. There's someone else. No, Esther. Esther was, was brought up. up. Esther was on the Polly and Kara side. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. So it was Turbo um, was not brought up, and Turbo was not brought up. Kyle and CT. Yeah. And Idris. So yeah. I thought that was interesting, but the reason why this made me think, think the game through, let's say, is because. 
do these people not realize that this UK versus US thing, like this is not going to last for the whole season? Or at least that's my that's my guess. Like I don't see this lasting the whole way through. So with that in mind, it, that's what made D's whole play this whole episode seem off to me. But we can get yeah. to that. We can get to that later. The there's a, there is a conversation that we see where um, Polly goes to touch base with Joss and Rogan, mm-hmm. and Rogan talks about how like the importance of trimming the fat yeah from the british team and if they just trim the fat they'd start winning Mm -hmm. but like that's that's a bad plan like that (laughs) does not i don't i don't want to say that it's like i see the logic behind it right yeah 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 like there are certainly competitions they're losing in part because of esther Mm -hmm. really the it was two three episodes ago where they had that swimming competition yeah and she was really really bad yeah but at the same time he is so horny to get rid of kyle and we're gonna have to talk about that at length but they don't like they're not really trimming the fat effectively (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah. Putting in bear, I don't think is trimming the fat. No. Right? Like, don't say when you're, don't say that you're trimming the fat when you haven't been trimming the fat. I guess is my point. And also, too, and also, hold on. Are we sure that CT, like, where does CT fall in all this? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying CT is yeah. by far the worst person on their team, but can you really make an argument that CT is way worse than Kyle? Do you know what I mean? Or Idris? No. Like, I'm, I'm just saying it's the same ballpark, and CT's just there off reputation and being the vet at this stage, no? Yeah. And that he doesn't annoy anyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is very key. It's, <laughs> it's never explained, but the problem with Kyle and Rogan has nothing to, between Kyle and Rogan, has nothing to do with their, like, how well they compete. Yeah. Right? Like, the, it's a personal problem. And I would respect Rogan a lot more if he was just like, I don't like the dude. <laughs> like, I don't want to see him win. Like, I would... But this idea that Kyle's a bad competitor, I think, is horseshit. Yeah. And I also think that, like, this whole... this I mean, it's funny that they're having this conversation in front of Idris, mm-hmm. who arguably is part of the fact that they trimmed. The other point... I wanted to make though was that part of the reason why the Brits are losing so consistently is they just don't have as many bodies exactly and like we really see that in the uh, daily competition this week but like don't focus on quote unquote trimming the fat focus on fucking winning and like putting an American in versus an American like get rid of some Americans take out some heavy hitting Americans. Yeah. And then then you stand a chance of winning, right? No, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um the CT conversation though with Kyle I thought was pretty funny for multiple it, reasons. It was hilarious. Because they're feeling each other out, right? Like they're they're doing a little dance here, trying to see which side the other's on. But I love CT just calling out Kyle essentially for being the floater 
or just trying to tell him what what he wants to hear. What he say? What was the term he used? Rubbernecking, and Kyle yeah, didn't know what it, that was. Which, in fairness to Kyle, that's not how I would use the phrase rubbernecking. Would you? Ah. I mean, I wouldn't use the term rubbernecking. <laughs> I can't really say it's part of my uh, vocabulary there, John. <laughs> to me, to me, someone that rubbernecks okay. is someone who's, like, gawking, ah, like, okay. staring. Like, if, you, if you're if you driving on the highway mm-hmm. and there's been a car accident, you know how, like, there's always a traffic jam because people slow down to see what happens? Yep. That's rubbernecking. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. One thing I, th- one thing I thought funny about this conversation was that because of their accents and CT's mumbling, they both required uh, subtitles, ah. and I had an easier time understanding Kyle than I did CT. Like CT is in full mumble mode. <laughs> um, I will say, as you were just talking, I did Google the dictionary version of rubberneck and who's right well here's the thing the first thing that comes up says it's a, a verb turned one's head to stare at something in a foolish manner um mm-hmm. but the merriamwebster.com says uh an overly inquisitive person i was like hmm interesting hmm. so interesting. i give the win to john i still give the win to john over Thank ct you. here um but I would also like to know how many people actually use the term rubbernecking. Because I've, I've heard of it, but I can't really say that I use it. But, hey. It's definitely, like, 1950s slang. <laughs> like, I don't think it's in the modern vernacular. But, I, like, it's something that Grandpa would say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, there's also some another word that CT dropped there that uh, we got an... Uh, uh, tweet at us about another term that CT might have used during that conversation. It wasn't rubbernecking, though. Um, so no. I'll, I'll take this tweet from Jill Robinson, who wrote in and said, at Shell Alexander and Jay Chidley Hill. So after watching tonight's The Challenge 34 episode, which one of you has a worst case of liabilities? <laughs> First of all, I love the phrase liabilities. So good. So good. Like a lot. I also have to say that, uh, so that was Jill Robinson who tweeted that, and Patrick the Engineer. Okay. I don't know if they even know each other, but Patrick the Engineer liked Jill's question. Oh, okay. I think that's the first time we've ever had a like third party like a question from a fan to be like double down and be like, yeah, which one of you? <laughs> um, off the top, I'm going to be using the phrase liabilities in real life with people who do not watch the challenge. Like, it's so good. Totally true. It's such okay. a good phrase. I really hope that CT is the originator of it because mm-hmm. I love it. Like, this this is a better phrase than politicking. Like, liabilities works in real life. Yeah. And but, liabilities is also, like, a great reality TV term. Oh, it's so good. Um, but enough dodging the question. Sheldon, which one of us has the worst case of liabilities. Well, here's... Because I have an answer. <laughs> I was going to say, here's the thing. I'm not going to say me because I, I, I would like to think that there's no shame in my game. So at this point in my life, there's no shame in my game. So there's no real reason or need or... Yeah, 
that that's just me. I mean, I guess by default I would say it's you, but I don't know you to be that person either. So I'm just going to stay on my side and say I don't think it's me. <laughs> is that fair? I, is that as diplomatic as possible as I can be? That's not only is that fair, but I think it's accurate. I think that I would have the worst case of diabetes between the <laughs> two of us. I think that you are a much straighter shooter than I am. <laughs> and that I am too talkative for my own good. Whereas you stay your lane and like you you know how to be quiet and I don't. <laughs> I definitely think that I like and like I don't think I'm d a dishonest person. I just think that I talk so much. Okay. That okay. I might from time to time catch myself in a where I paint myself into a corner. But I think that you're better at, first of all, just being a straight shooter and be like, nah, I'm not into this. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, like, this is fine. Oh, uh, that's funny. So that's funny. We're in agreement. <laughs> I, ha I and like, I don't think I don't think I have a terminal case. OK. Like, I don't think Wilford Brimley is going to come to my house and tell me to, you know, <laughs> get improve my diet for diabetes. Okay. But I do think that between you and I, okay. if we had to compare, I am more liabetic. I'm pre-liabetic. Maybe we'll do like a Twitter poll or something and let the listeners have a vote. <laughs> I'd be interested to see how that turns out just based on our... I think uh, I know how it's going to go, but that's fine. <laughs> our You Killed It personalities. <laughs> I, can take, I can take the licks. That's funny. That's funny. Um, Ninja. Does Ninja suffer from a case of liabetes? I don't know, but... Uh, in this, in this, between her and D, and on like, well, I don't know. They both have liabilities. I think between Ninja and D, I think they're both they're very naive, right? In terms of what this game is, they still haven't really figured that out, right? Or maybe Ninja has more so than D, but their conversation about just how weird the game is, because like. They're trying to play it out in their minds, right? And they're trying to figure out, and they realize that the one side of the house wants to put up Esther, but Dee says she also realizes that Esther represents a number for her side. So she realizes that it might be in her and her alliance's best interest to keep Esther, but at the same time, she doesn't want to put in Esther because she thinks Esther keeps helping the UK team lose. And that's where I think that she does. That's where I'm thinking the naive part comes in and not understanding how the game works. Am, am I wrong here? I mean, you're not wrong, but I would also add that part of the naivete is that at one point Ninja's like, it's just for this week. No, it's not. Like, it's obviously not just a one time thing. Like, this <laughs> idea that there's a limited, a limited amount of time yeah. is nonsense. Yeah, it's super weird, right? And even even going into this challenge, I will say the one thing I didn't realize, and I think Kara or someone summed it up at the very end, like not only did the US team have more people, but the UK team also had Esther, right? And I didn't really realize kind of how difficult that would make this challenge for the UK team or how much more difficult that would make it because just that on the numbers alone that makes the task at hand so much more difficult no 
Do you want to explain oh, yeah. the challenge at all? Because it was, it was an interesting challenge. Okay, I will explain it. It was uh, Crate Expectations. Shout out to the classics. Yep. Uh, and by classics, I mean Charles Dickens, not classics of the challenge. <laughs> and um, basically, they have these piles of, they call them crates, but really they are planks <laughs> that are weighted 25 pounds each uh. with uh, ropes on like as handles on the ends. And they have to run back and forth. I think they said it was 100 yards and create these stacks to uh, get down these relics. They're small trophies hanging from guide wires. Yeah. Um, it looked like they're about 12 feet. Oh, man, I just went through puberty. They it looked like they're about 12 feet in the air. Yeah. So they have to stack up these uh, planks as high as possible, have someone climb up on top, yank them down they have to yank down 12 and then someone on your team has to carry at least like carry all 12 back essentially to a table mm -hmm. 100 yards away yeah. i have to say at first i didn't think this looked that challenging like i was like what are they at like 25 pounds is not that heavy no but watching how like tired like beasts like zach and theo and leroy and ct were with just sweat dripping off of them, mm -hmm. looked brutal. And I think one of the things I underestimated was that if you're holding the uh, handles, the weight is swinging, right? True. Which would be like a tremendous, like that'd be hard on all your joints mm -hmm. as you're running. Like it'd be hard to balance speed with carrying it. And Jordan also made the point that they're like, we don't see TJ explain this, but they're only allowed to carry two at a two time. Two at a time, yeah. At, at the most, which is key. Because when I was watching it at first, before Jordan said that, I'm like, why aren't some of these guys carrying three? Like, if you're carrying three, yeah, obviously, like, that adds up over time. Like, if you're a big dude like a Zach or a Leroy or a Theo, like, carry three, this goes by a lot faster. What did you think of the strategy, or was there any strategy? So I thought it was, I thought this was definitely a harder challenge, right? Like just in terms of not only are, you know, your endurance has to be up, but also, you know, there's got to be a lot of communication involved in this. And I feel like the communication for the first time must have been on point for both teams because we didn't see much of the like strategy. Right? Like, no one no. explained, like, okay, you do this, you do this, this person's going to climb up, we're going to start building this tower over here while you guys build this one. Like, we didn't really see much of that from either team, which tells me the communication must have just been, like, pretty basic and boring. No? Because if it was, you know, the teams, like, arguing or, you know, Jordan yelling at someone again, we would have seen that. And I think yeah. that was a part that I going into this challenge was worried about like i thought oh, okay the communication is going to be super difficult in this just in terms of coordinating okay well how high do you need the tower to be okay when should we start building the second tower beside it because you know zach can reach the 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 relic those were the things that weren't really explained in this whole thing so it must have been a really smooth communication job done by the u.s team and the uk team for that matter right 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I had some like sort of minor questions about how they did things. Like off the hop, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, the UK team has an advantage in that." Obviously, Theo is the tallest guy on the show by far. Mm-hmm. But I also thought, like, CT is pretty tall. Like, CT is six three. Okay. And uh, Josh looks pretty tall. Like, he looks like he's over six feet. Josh, yeah. So between... Josh got to be over six feet, yeah. Yeah, but Joss oh, as Joss. well. Oh, Joss. Sorry, yeah. Like, I thought, like, across the board that the Brits had a big advantage that they had three guys who were really tall. Mm-hmm. So I thought they'd maybe be able to save time by, like, I don't know if you were allowed to have, like, two towers going at the same time, but certainly, like, as one tower is coming down, another one can go up. Yeah. Like, you could have uh, CT on the first tower and then Theo on the second tower. You know, like, you can have sort of overlap in terms of timing. Mm -hmm. And later on, I can mention it now, but in the um, tribunal, CT sort of referred to that, where he's like, I thought we did really well, but, like, we probably shouldn't have waited for Theo to always be the guy to climb. And you saw that with the Americans. Yeah. Right? With Josh was up and Zach was up and someone else, not Polly, but it would not be Polly that they'd be putting up there. Uh, but there's another guy yeah, that they someone were... else that was up. Jordan was up there. Jordan, yeah, yeah. Who does not strike me as especially tall. Um, but, like, I don't think he's short, but I don't think he's over six feet. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and I—I I mean, I don't. I guess you could get down to like quibbling about like a lot of them were holding the weights by the ropes, which, as I said, would be I think hard on your arms because mm-hmm. it would swing. Yeah. So I was like, why don't you just hold the sides of the planks? And I also wondered about they—they they always put the planks down on flat, and I was wondering if you could maybe gain height faster if you put them on their sides like on their edges ah hmm. that's interesting interesting yeah that's very interesting i also wonder too just the way that it was filmed and obviously if you're one of the producers you're probably super happy that it started raining just because it makes it look cooler right (laughs) and more difficult but they didn't really show much of the bickering at all but you just saw in the confessionals like uh you saw some people take some shots at each other, right? Kyle took a shot at Rogan saying he didn't think Rogan was doing anything. Rogan took a shot at Kyle saying he didn't think Kyle was doing anything. But you couldn't really tell, right? Like you have no idea who was really doing what in this challenge. And that was a part that was not lackluster, but kind of like, okay, I don't really know what's going on. I'm just trusting and watching the edit to see who wins type of thing, right? There was no like breakdown and by breakdown i mean josh seemed very quiet in this episode (laughs) um jordan was very quiet there was no turbo kicking over the towers right like it was just a solid business-like performance by the usa team i also noted that when the americans won there was no fighting there was no bickering like it was workmanlike they were just like dished out some high fives and they're like let's get back uh you mentioned the rain and jordan tweeted last night it was literally like it was a scene out of a movie (laughs) yeah the the scenics the visuals that it gives you right it just looks so much better makes it look so much more difficult from a straight viewer standpoint 
And yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't be mad. I mean, I thought it, it looked cool. It was a difficult challenge. And the UK team, for their credit, like they put up a good fight. They put up a good fight. And yeah. I know Georgia was really upset at the end of it and Kyle's trying to like comfort her. But at the end of the day, when you realize the sheer just numbers side of it, like that's tough. Jenny brought up the Whoa. fact though that, you know, not only did they have more players, but they have, you know, like their girls, for example, are more fit than let's say Esther and Kaylee are, right? Or even Georgia yeah. or whatever, however you want to play it out. But that does matter to an extent for sure. But I honestly think it's just a pure numbers game. Even if it's just having one extra person that's just walking back and forth, right? That's still a benefit. That's still a person bringing over two um, of the tiles. Yeah, it makes a difference. The... Uh, Mona Seven. I, I don't know when we're going to mention Kaylee again, so I'm just going to bring it up now. Yep. Mona Seven, a longtime listener, DM'd me uh, this morning, and she made the point that didn't we see in one of the trailers Bear making out with Kaylee, but like we never saw that scene. Hmm. And she's right. Like I do remember seeing that in one of the trailers, one of the like next up on the challenge. But we never actually saw Bear and Kaylee make out. Like, we didn't see the scene in which... Interesting. Because there was a scene where they made out in the pool, right? Like, there was an awkward yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of... So do we think that... Are we trying to say we think Bear's coming back? Or is it just no. one of those shit we should have seen or whatever they call that shit? We sh- shit we should have seen. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Kaylee's been it's pretty quiet on this episode. Seen. No? Yeah, Kaylee's been quiet in general. This season, not even this episode. This season, she's kind of been super low-key, super quiet, not involved in any of the drama, really. It's it's funny that there's still, like, obviously we've whittled down the numbers, but there's people that we don't see in confessional for whole episodes. Yeah. Like, we don't see Idris in confessional this time. We don't see... I, maybe we only see Turbo once. Yeah. We don't really see Jenny that often. Nicole lasted like six episodes and <laughs> maybe five episodes. And like, I think she had like five confessionals total. Very true. Like, there's a lot of people who are just like hanging back. Like, we have CT often, but like, CT's not involved in the drama. Like, he's sort of like an investigative reporter on the scene. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> that's pretty good. Right? Like, he's embedded. Yeah. But he's not, yeah, he's not, like, right in there. It's it's weird. It's uh, it's interesting that, like, some people are just, I don't want to say not involved, but they're not in there. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, someone who was getting involved, though, Ashley. Ashley yes. becomes a speaker for the American nice segue, team. That by the wins. way. <laughs> I do what I can. I have my moments. Uh, I'm good for one a week, so too bad it's Thursday, right? Um, so Ashley decides she's going to be the speaker and she picks Polly and Kara. And Ashley says she picks them because it'll be easy to shift blame because people will just assume that Polly and Kara, the power couple, they're the ones that made the decision and she just sort of went along with it. What do you think of Ashley's move here in her selections for the tribunal? I love it. Same. I... 
like when she first made that choice i was like oh weak choice but then when she explained it i'm like no that's a very smart choice like she she converted me and like you gotta give ashley credit she is so good at those like subtle little moves Mm -hmm. yeah you know like you know how they say about like the measure of an athlete is if they can make small adjustments Ah, okay Ashley is the queen of small little adjustments. Okay. In bo- okay. Like both in competition and in like the politics. Like she's just like she's a subtle good read of things. She's totally right. Like they're going to take all the heat and no matter what happens, she can just be like, "Oh, no, that was their idea. Like that's on them." Yeah. Like what a great move. I'm very <laughs> impressed. It was a very good move by Ashley. And the reactions were very interesting from the other cast members. Uh, First off, we have Zach, who I guess isn't really aware of the split in the house because he says Ashley's neutral. But we've already been told Ashley's on the other side of the house. So I guess Zach just doesn't know it yet. But Well, but that's also a testament to that's exactly Ashley's plan, right? True. Very true. Like she's making herself look like a floater. Totally true. Uh, So Zach says, Ashley could be neutral, but she chooses Napoleon and Medusa. (laughs) What did you think of that trip from from Zach? The graphics team on this show, like on this episode specifically, put in overtime, eh? Yeah. Solid job. Solid editing job. Really good job. Bravo to the producers and editors, as always. And I know I say that all the time because, like, obviously I have an appreciation for my brethren behind the scenes. (laughs) But, yeah, solid job. I I laughed at that. And Tori jumps in and says, well, Ashley's a thief. Polly's a compulsive liar. And Kara doesn't know her head from her ass. So I don't think we can trust them. (laughs) Tori this season is reminding me why I liked her so much when she first came on the show because she's just like a very funny person, but also a very good narrator. And so I appreciate her as going back to the production side. When you're sitting in that chair interviewing people, right, and doing the confessionals, when someone like Tori comes in who's able to deliver lines and able to, you know, just punctuate scenes like that, bravo, slow clap. I appreciated that a lot. You're also, you're being too modest. I want to really emphasize to our listeners that Sheldon has worked on (laughs) several TV shows, reality TV shows, where he's been, like, he's speaking from uh, a place of authority. He's speaking from experience where he has had to do that sort of, like, confessional interview where... In the final product that people uh, watch on TV, they don't hear Sheldon's voice typically, or they don't see him. But Sheldon has sat in that chair. I just, I just wanted to say, like, I just wanted to emphasize that Sheldon. Well, I guess that you're an authority on this. I wouldn't say that, but the one thing I will say is that, like, you know, we we give relationship advice. Maybe this is career advice to our listeners. And I'll say this, you you never really know where your career might take you in terms of what things lead to the next. And so I obviously love reality TV, always have. Cool, I love television and I love sports. That's why I work in sports TV. My job for the longest time was interviewing people, right? Like I would go and interview athletes. So the one thing 
and I'm I started off obviously not doing stuff on camera. So behind the scenes, when you're interviewing people, you have to engage and get them to not at, to not answer what yes or no responses, obviously, right? So that changes the way that you formulate and ask questions. And once you do that enough and you kind of understand and then you realize, like I remember having the moments where you realize you, you're interviewing someone who gets it, right? So like the athlete knows what you're trying to get out of them. So they'll give you the answer or they'll start their answer with, well, you know, the last time I played at New Orleans, blah, 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 blah. Right. Knowing yep. that they're giving you part of your question and the answer, because that's how that's going to be edited in. And I remember when that light bulb clicked and I was like, oh, OK, that's interesting. And then fast forward to a couple years later when we were working on this show, which was like the search for the next Canadian sportscaster. And it was a reality show with a bunch of people applying from across the country and whatever. And my job was now to do this and I was like oh my god this is like my world's colliding I love sports <laughs> and I love reality TV and my job was literally to get people to be like okay so what'd you guys do today and then you just let them talk and then you steer them in directions that you need because you know this person oh someone said something about John okay hey John so what's your relationship like with Pete <laughs> knowing that Pete yeah. already sewered John but like and that's so fun so my point to all this is when I see Tori do that, do that, and I'm like, ah, that's beautiful. I, I picture the producer sitting in that chair being like, ah, oh, thank you, Tori. That is definitely in. Because I remember <laughs> being moments where someone would say something, and I'm like, oh, that's so in. And you're trying not to, you're trying to keep a poker face on, right? And be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, yes, good anyway, to have Tori back is what I meant. Good to have Tori back. I also... I just she's just funny like she's we always talk about how we would want like would we have a drink with this person would we hang out with this person mm. I'd for sure hang out with Tori and Jordan like they yeah. both in re like Jordan on the show seems like he's so like tightly wound that he'd be a drag but it seems like in real life he's a pretty cool guy mm -hmm. so I'm a I'm a fan of theirs and that's also to to sort of wrap up that convo though that's sort of too why, John, I think you keep seeing the same people in the confessionals, right? Because you yeah, find yeah. that, like, you know, Kaylee's confessionals aren't that good. Or, you know, Tori's just really good. Uh, even Kara and Polly are really good. And once you keep finding those people that give you what you need, you kind of keep going back to that well, right? And so the other thing, too, is as the season goes along, you know what you need to get. And so you know the people that you go to to get that, if that yeah. makes sense, right? Like, these people are but, my narrators. These people are my joke getters. These people are my, you know, and you're patching it together like that. I have to tell you, as in my line of work, as a sports reporter, like, you're aware of who are the good quotes on a sports team and For who sure. are the bad quotes. Oh, hundo. And you're aware, like, you'll see an athlete have a really good game and like the reporters will be all uh pissed off because they're like oh man like he's a terrible interview yeah no totally, right because totally. they'll be like how like i'm not gonna name names no i was covering the toronto blue jays uh earlier this season and a player hit a grand slam okay and i like none of the regular blue jays beat reporters requested him and so i like went to interview him with 
um, a colleague of yours from the company you work for. Okay. And it was one of the worst interviews I've ever had. And I even said to the Blue Jay at one point, I'm like, hey, man, like, you just hit your first career Grand Slam. That must be exciting. Like, I can't even imagine how it would feel to hit a home run at the major league level, let alone a Grand Slam. It must have felt good. And, like, he gave me, like, a five-word answer. Like, could not get this guy excited, could not, like, draw a good answer out of him. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, next time I have, like, a choice, I'm not going to interview that guy. <laughs> yes, no, for sure. Right? And, like, that's, but that's exactly what you're saying. Like, the yeah. producers know that, like, they can rely on Tori and CT and Smashly when she's, like, in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. Georgia. Yep, for sure. Bear. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Bear. Well, and I forget who. Someone tweeted at us, or maybe I saw it on the uh challenge fans facebook group but someone was complaining about how often georgia is in confessional and like i didn't reply to the person but i immediately thought well it's because georgia's good at it or like she or better maybe it's a better way of phrasing is maybe she's better than your esters and your um your idrises and your nicole's right yeah so no, for sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> the So, find out who... Where were we here? We found out who is in the... Uh, who's in the... Sorry, I'm getting weird text messages from someone I don't know who it is at the moment. But anyways, um, we find out who is in the... Uh, why can't I think of the name? The Tribunal, right? Yes. And that crew now has an interesting decision to make no because what they want to happen is they want to keep esther around but on the flip side esther is trying to volunteer to go in yeah how well they want they want esther and they want idris to survive yes yeah and which is go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, that's an interesting move because I understand why they want that, but you literally can't control that unless you have more people on the UK side, right? To actually control the vote and control the numbers, right? But they're. And also, it's so obviously against the Brits' best interest. <laughs> like, that's such a hard sell. Yeah. And, and like, I gather everyone liked Esther. But that's such a hard sell to be like, hey, do your best to keep your worst player. <laughs> and also their plan was flawed of trying to get Ninja to go convince D to do it. Like, here's the thing. You got to remember, this is D's second season on the challenge. The whole manipulation game or the Jedi mind tricks that we see happen all the time on this show it takes a while to learn how to execute those things, right? And Ninja definitely is not there yet. And as we said earlier, D doesn't understand the nature of what's going on in this game and the fact that, again, I don't know how many more weeks these teams are going to last, but obviously, if the, especially if the UK team keeps losing, you're not going to have nearly enough numbers on your side anyways to compete, so the teams are going to have to go away. So, well, I love the sequence of events. So 
they like Ashley and Kara really impress upon Ninja that like, hey, you got to make this happen, and D's the way to do it because you and D are best friends. Yeah. And Ninja's like, no problem, I got you guys, and goes to uh, D, and they have a conversation, and it's like, you have to protect Idris by all means necessary. <laughs> and D says in confessional. Oh, yeah, Rogan's my guy. We're a solid alliance. As soon as I explain it to him, he'll do as I ask. So it then shows D bringing it to Rogan. And he's basically like, nah, (laughs) that ain't it. (laughs) And, like, much nicer. And he's not dismissive. Like, I feel like they had a... Like, I don't think he's lying to her. Like, I feel like he had a genuine conversation with her. But the upshot is him being like, nah, and she's like okay and kisses him and that's it (laughs) like that's where it went yeah and it's so funny like they relied so heavily on ninja and d who as you said they don't understand the politics and also i think they really underestimate how much d is into rogan yeah and like they're not going to be able to convince D to convince Rogan of anything because D just wants to keep Rogan happy. Totally true. Totally true. And Rogan is just so like all over the place. I don't know where Rogan's head's at. Like at one point he's like, Oh, I'll go in, whatever. doesn't matter. I'll go in instead of like, didn't he say I'll go in instead of putting in uh, Idris? And I was like, how does that make any sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just super odd. I don't know where Rogan's head's at at all, but yeah, that whole this side of the who, alliance is weird. This guy who literally begged to not go in on the last episode. Yeah. Magically now when he knows he has a number so that he's not going in probably, you know what I mean? So that's probably why there's a sudden burst of confidence now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's super interesting. And I mean, again, my biggest thing is I just don't see the twist lasting that long, so I don't know why there's the UK team is so focused on, you know, who's the worst person on their team when they need to really focus on the bigger game. And, you know, the right play is what Carr and them want. Like, if you're D, the right play is for you to vote the other way. But, hey, what can you do? Um, Kara and... No, sorry. So, I also had a question for you. It's Kyle and Idris. Are they really the worst players on the UK team? I I don't think Kyle is. Neither do I at all, right? And that's what... That's, again, what uh, Yaman's (laughs) Rogan was trying to pitch here, which I also found super weird. But... Esther volunteered to go in, right? Let's talk about this for a sec. What do you make of that in the sense that normally isn't that frowned upon? Like, or is it because she's not actually quitting? She's just volunteering to go in because she thinks it's her time. How do you rate this? See, I had a similar question lined up in my notes for you. Okay. I was wondering, like, why is she volunteering? Like, she has made it this far strictly because she is, well, she has gone into elimination before. But she's she's here now because she's uh, trying to avoid elimination. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- I honestly wondered, 
if there's something going on where like she's tired she's bored she wants to go home like misses her kid like i wonder if there's something like behind the scenes like that because i don't understand in terms of gameplay see why she would do that yeah i think there might be something like that that's very possible and at first i was kind of like ah she's quitting she's giving up but the way that she spun it and also the fact that she made it very clear to the tribunal she's like i'll go against anybody i'll go against georgia i'll go against jenny like i don't fear any of them like she at least made it sound as if like she'll she was confident in going against anyone now the flip side of that could also be oh well she wants to go home so of course she'd say she wants to go to jen against jenny because jenny would be able to beat her i don't know that's just not the vibe i got from esther Right. And I mean, I feel like that was right seeing how it played out and how emotional she was at the end. But I don't know. I, I, I will say in under normal circumstances and hey, TJ's the first one to stand up and call someone out if he sniffs out someone might be quitting. And that never happened, yeah. at least that we saw either. So, no, I was I was OK with it, which I, I kind of was. I didn't know if that would be my response, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I did find it strange that she volunteered. So we have the tribunal scene, <laughs> which is probably the most relaxed it's ever been for the British. I guess so, because Bear's not there yelling. Yeah, Bear's not there. But ba And also, like, the numbers are now sliding in the Joss and Rogan direction, right? Like, there's just less, there's fewer people. Yeah. Proper grammar there. There's fewer people to, like, stand up to them. Yeah. But basically, Esther volunteers. Everyone's like, okay, cool. And I don't care and... why Kara and Ashley were so mad. Like, what exactly did you want D to do in that in that moment? Like, you're sitting there, and Esther's like, I'm going in. Like, what did you want D yeah. to do in that moment? Yeah, in that moment, there's nothing to be said. There's, like, what are you going to be like? I'm going to nominate Jenny. <laughs> right? Like... You can't like that would just be sticking her her head out her neck out for no reason, and then they put up uh, Rogan calls out Kyle and is like, "Hey man, like I think you're one of the weakest players on the team," which again I don't think is true. <laughs> Joss seconds it, and then they have a vote, and basically, I mean Kyle argues, but basically Kyle loses. I think it was six votes to four and notably ct did not vote see i was gonna ask that i didn't know if it happened or not but i was like i'm pretty sure i don't recall seeing ct vote but <laughs> the other thing i want to just touch on here correct me if i'm wrong but hasn't rogan said that idris is the worst player on the team didn't he also say yep. that he thought theo before was the worst guy on the team Remember, and they got in a huge argument before where he was trying to, when Theo did get put in, and Rogan yep. was arguing with them, saying that, oh, Theo's too cocky and whatever, whatever. Like, he just keeps throwing that out instead of just, as you mentioned earlier, just saying, hey, man, I'm putting you in because it's the best for a bye game. Yeah. Instead, you're trying to well, float this. You're the worst player on our team. Come on, man. Well, CT made the point he's like there's some sort of like weird secret war happening between uh kyle and rogan and neither one wants to acknowledge it yeah it is very weird very very weird 
Um, and it, we we don't have an explanation. Like Kyle seems like he's generally popular in the house. Obviously not with Kara and Polly. Mm-hmm. But like people ge- like generally enjoy his company. He doesn't seem like he's bad at the competitions. No. And and and, and it's not a one way street. Like Kyle was criticizing how Rogan competed mm-hmm. in the most recent competition. And I didn't think Rogan was bad. And I think that's a competition that Rogan's built for. Like, he's strong. I don't know how fast he is. His stamina seems to improve. But, like, he's not a disaster. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can hang the loss on either one of them. No, for sure. And I, I think, you know, Kyle's game, at a certain point when you're floating, it'll get you to a certain point in the game. But at some point in time, you got to show your colors, right? And... Maybe while Bear and was maybe when Bear was still in the house, that was when Kyle needed to pick a side. And then that would have ensured that he was still in the game. That's what I mm-hmm. think anyways, right? But instead, he tried to sit on the fence and CT has still managed to do that somehow. Idris has still managed to do that somehow. But the, the reality is Idris is quiet. CT, for the most part, isn't causing trouble. And he's also a vet. Kyle is loud and eventually people know, hey, he's going to pick a side, right? Like it just the way that Kyle plays the game, it only it's only going to last for so long. You have to pick a side at a certain point. And hey, the same thing's going to come. It's going to happen to CT as well. But we kind of know CT has already picked a side if we're being honest. Right. He's already picked the Josh and Rogan side. No. Yeah, he pretty much has. And I think it's just because he never fully bought into what Kyle was saying, right? Like, I think he feels like, I think he feels, I mean, he tells Rogan at some point, like, hey, man, just be straight with me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think that part of it is that he feels like he has a better read on Rogan and Joss. Totally true. Uh, Like, I think he trusts the... I think he trusts Joss and Rogan as much as he trusts Kyle, which is not at all. <laughs> but that he, I think CT feels he can tell when Joss and Rogan are lying. Yeah. And let's be serious, right? Like, we've seen Kyle manipulate the game. We've seen Kyle go to Polly and try to egg on uh, the situation that was going on with Polly and Josh. We've seen Kyle completely just make up a lie to Laurel about Wes and the whole, like, the group that was working with Wes, right? Like, remember that? Like, Kyle has played, I don't want to say a dirty game, but a very sneaky game, right, so far. So it's not like, you know, he's completely innocent in this situation. People have seen these things go down and see him try to play both sides, but also poke fires where he can, right? So Yeah, and I think he's he's been effective at starting those fires, but I think he has to think in terms of his long-term game. And by that, I mean, like, season to season. I think he's going to have a hard time being successful in future seasons just because he's starting to get a bad rep. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, the one thing that I did find interesting, though, was... So, as we mentioned, Esther is willing to go against anybody. Kyle says he wants Rogan. And he's trying to trick them into thinking that he'll switch to the U.S. side. But really, he's trying to avoid going against Theo, right? Mm 
And you're not tricking Kara, though, and even Ashley to a lesser extent, because they understand the game and know exactly what's going on. They know what Kyle's trying to do, right? Which yeah. would be go against Rogan, but they're, they're too smart for that anyways and, and kind of see through what Kyle's trying to do. And so Kyle comes back into the house and he goes right to Joss and he's not happy. He's right in Joss's face. And do you think Kyle has a reason to be upset with Joss and Rogan? Well, I know I don't okay. <laughs> like because it all goes back to that conversation with between Kyle and CT where Kyle said they're not going to say my name and I'm not going to say their name. It's too early in the game for that. Okay. So like his anger, I gather, stems from his belief that they had sort of a, a, a gentleman's agreement that well, they wouldn't be saying each other's names yet. Hold on. In the tribunal, he did say to Rogan, "We, you shook my hand. We shook hands. And we weren't going to say each other's names. And Rogan says that's not true. And we also didn't see that on camera, so who knows? But that is a thing yeah. that Kyle did say. Um, my thing with but this... We, we saw no proof of that. No, no proof at all. And the proof that we have seen is that Kyle has lied before about things that hadn't happened, right? So there's no, there's no truth to that. But the thing I will say is if Kyle... Because he keeps saying, oh, why would you do that? I'm one of your best mates and blah, 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 right? He keeps saying that. And if, in fact, that is true and him and Joss are boys, the one thread that I agree with Joss or I agree with Kyle here is that if you are boys, you got to give them the heads up. You can't blindside them in the tribunal. Yeah. If they are boys. But if they're not, hey, all's fair in love, war in the challenge. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, Rogan... Rogan is feeling good right now. And so he's not even bothered by Kyle talking trash. Uh, we head to a restaurant scene where the girls kind of just gang up on D, right? And it doesn't, I mean, it didn't start off in a bad place. But I think when it just turned into the numbers game and now you have D sitting there and it's Kara, Ashley, and I guess Ninja also kind of jumping in on her, that kind of threw her off and she got really super defensive. But again, I kind of agree with Kara. And I and know it sounds weird to say, but for D, the move was to keep the numbers because thinking down the line, further down the line, all this game comes down to is numbers. And you just lost one of the numbers for your alliance. You might think yeah. that, you know, you're bettering your UK team. But for all we know, at the start of the next challenge, there could be no more UK team. And then what? Yeah. And even if there is still a UK team, it doesn't matter because we've just understood that the numbers are divided amongst the entire house beyond the uh, yeah. UK versus the US. I do think, like, I agree with sort of the broad thesis that Kara has uh, that D misplayed this. I think part of the problem is that Rogan and Joss and D think that they're playing their own game but they're not really totally true like i don't i don't want to say that they're doing the straight up bidding of kara and polly but like kara and polly hold way more power totally totally agree 
And Jocelyn, it's true. And the other mistake that Dee makes here, she's like, you guys are ganging up on me and I don't know what you want to do, but you guys do what you want to do. And it's like, if you guys are in an alliance, all they're trying to do is see where your head's at. Right? And yeah. and that's actually a smart play by Kara again. Like, so who would you put in, D? And they just want to see what she's going to say to see where her allegiance is. And yeah. D makes a mistake because you should never say this, but she's like, I don't know what you guys want to do, but even if you guys want to put me in, it's like, whoa, you never say that. <laughs> like, why would you put that on the table? That makes zero sense, right? So I thought that was super weird as well. But as mentioned, D is just, yeah. She's backed into a corner. Then you get Kyle just twisting and stirring the pot, just being really mean, right? Yeah. Which I didn't think I, was cool. I do think that the, part of the problem with the situation is that she was ganged up on. And also, I don't know about you, but I don't like it when people bring up personal business when they've been drinking. Yeah. Because it's, I don't want to say it's dishonest, but there's less integrity. Because, like, part of me is like, oh, you needed to get drunk to, like, handle your business with me? And also, those are the, the people that are most likely to then blame the alcohol the next day. Yeah. Also like, lame. it's, there's less authenticity in the conversation if you're, if you've been drinking. Nope, like, if it's, totally like, true. over breakfast and you pull D aside and you're like, hey, where's your mind at, you know? It also feels like, especially in this circumstance where they're trying to get information from D, the fact that they've been that she's been drinking, like it wouldn't sit well with me. Like, oh, I see you're you were waiting until I had a couple of drinks in me to say what else, like to see what I'll say. Yeah. Like I wouldn't like I get why D's back was up as much as I understand where Kara's coming from. I'd yeah. be like, eh, I don't like how you're going at like handling this. There's a. a nicer way of doing this <laughs> no i totally agree um we get a more of a little back and forth but to be honest i almost blew past the whole d and ninja like makeup conversation uh, one question well, i did have like did they high five with their feet yes they did which i found surprisingly gross <laughs> so did i i found i was just like what the hell was that i've never seen that like before. i've never thought about high-fiving someone with my foot but like as soon as it happened like as soon as i saw it i had like an immediate like uh like an immediate oh i don't like that another random question is that still considered a high five even though it's with your feet or is the high by the fact that your feet are in the air i think it's that it's in the air because mm -hmm. like if we did a low five with our hands it's a low five. just like be to the side right hmm. okay okay fair enough fair enough it's a fair question, though. Like, I don't know if there should be a different nomenclature or what. Like, if the if the fact that it's feet changes it up at all. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go to a proving ground, though. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, sorry, I did. I did have one thought on um, just the ninja and D conversation. Okay. It's a classic example of people. Who are well adjusted in real life not doing well in the challenge because they're well adjusted in real life <laughs> that's a good point right like that's that a was very a very between two friends having a disagreement that was a very mature respectful conversation yep it's fair right but then you know that doesn't those rules don't apply in the real world 
Like your, those rules don't apply in the challenge. That's so funny because I'm like, oh, I was so bored by that conversation. Why are these people acting like mature adults? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but to the proving ground. Yes. Proving I ground. just I had I just had to note off the top about the proving ground. Okay. I noticed when watching this that there was half an hour left as they like did the like march into the proving ground. I noticed that as well. And I was like, oh, like I was excited. And also when at the start of the season, when it was announced that like episodes would be 90 minutes long, I was really worried. I was like, oh, does this mean like 30 more minutes per episode of like Kara, Polly, Kyle drama? Yeah. Like I was really worried with what that extra half hour was going to be. For sure. But these 90 minute episodes, like they're not bad. They're not bothering me. No, hasn't bothered me yet. And we're what? This is the eighth episode, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And hasn't bothered me yet. A half hour elimination. I mean, granted, it's a double elimination. But like I was entertained. At no point was I like, uh, wrap it up, guys. Nope. Agree. Like totally agree. I don't know if they like looked at the material that they'd shot and they're like, yeah, we can do this. Or they're just like up to the challenge in terms of editing, no pun intended. Um, but I like it. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, so we knew Esther was going in, and I give Kyle credit for making the joke. You know, TJ always asks, so who's going to represent, or who did you guys elect to go in? And Kyle's like, we decided to put in Rogan, <laughs> which they obviously <laughs> didn't. And I thought that was just funny. And so obviously we know Kyle's going in. And so Ashley says, hey, we decide to take big shots, and they decide to put in Georgia, and Georgia's going in against Esther, and then we have Theo going in against Kyle. Did you think that Esther stood a chance in this challenge, which I guess I can explain what it is. It was running riot, and basically you had a number, you had two rows of numbers, and each number represented a piece of a relic or a different sized relic. Yep. And you had to basically run back and forth and grab a bunch of the red relics that all weighed different weights up to a hundred pounds. Did I hear someone say? Yep. And you had to bring these things back. There were 25 of them, if I'm not mistaken. And you had to put them into order, the same order that represented the numerical order on the board. And, the one thing I thought, I didn't think, I, I knew Esther just mentality. She was going to give it all that she had. And the only chance she had was if Georgia messed up. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I will say, Esther did way better than I thought. Esther did way better than I think Esther thought. And she did way better than TJ thought and that all the other competitors thought. No, like Esther put up a fight. Yeah. Esther was right in there. Like, there, so... Georgia said, and I thought Georgia had a smart strategy. She said, what I'm going to do is, because they have to put these relics in an order based Mm -hmm. off of their weight. Her strategy was, I'm going to go get the heaviest one first while I have the energy. Mm -hmm. And then just put things in a, in like rearrange them once they're all there. Yeah. Whereas Esther was going and putting them in order. Yes. And it looked like it had backfired because Esther was just like two or three relics behind. Yeah. And Georgia 
how, like was struggling to figure out what the proper order should be. Yeah, like at the end, when Georgia has all 25 of her relics there, Esther is two behind. And so Georgia gets a check and it's incorrect. And so at that point, Esther has a chance, right? Like she dropped her last one and she's on her way back and Georgia's trying to figure it out. And someone points out, I forget who it was, but they said, you know, when you're in that moment, you're in that elimination round and something can seem so easy but your brain is just like going in all these different directions because you're exhausted. And so for a split second, I was like, hold on, could Esther actually come back and win this? But the reality is Esther is just as tired too, if not more tired as she was trying to get her last two relics in place. And, you know, it just wasn't enough. Georgia ends up winning, but everyone seemed to be so proud of Esther, the job that Esther did. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was a cool well, moment. I thought it was a cool moment too. And I just want to say say about Esther. For a woman who allegedly, she's the one who had, who had not been to the gym in like 12 years, right? Yeah. She, I'm intrigued to see if she decides, if they want her back, if she decides to come back. Like if she trained up a little, like how would she do? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's and but sorry, go on. And uh, the other thing I'll say for her is just doing these challenges and these competitions, that would be like a boot camp. Like if you think about the daily competition, like the team competition they did earlier. Yeah. I don't know how many of those laps she did carrying like fifty pounds of weights, but that's probably the most she's worked out. Yeah. In a long time. And I'm not saying that to be shitty. Like, by her own admission, she doesn't work out. But, like, if you're doing that, like, every three days, if you're doing, like, the swimming competition that she did, it's like, you're going to get into shape whether you like it or not. Like, that's so intensive that it's going to make a difference in your life. And, like, I'm curious to see what happens next with Esther. Even if she doesn't come back on the show, it'll be interesting for her, like, how this, like the two weeks or whatever that she was there having to do these near daily workouts and like working out with Jenny and stuff like how she might maybe come around on working out like it I'm curious to see how it affects her life and the one thing you got to say about Esther and maybe this is just a throwback because for people who have been watching the challenge for a really long time we all know that the challenge used to be more regular people for lack of a better term right like now we have all these people who are like gym all-stars and like uh, CrossFit all-stars and people who are in super fantastic shape. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, it was different. Like there was more of like a normal Joe or Jill type mentality to how the challenge used to be, right? Yep. And so it was cool to kind of see the story of this person who clearly is not in the same like workout class as the majority of the people in this house heck there's someone nicknamed ninja in the house right yeah. but at the same time you never seen esther quit she still tried at everything she tried and gave her best at everything and for the most part her team was supportive of her during these challenges right like it could have gone a completely different way <laughs> No, but I think that's a testament to her and and like she was a good person and for the most part people liked her in the house despite the fact that she might have been a detriment to her team. 
Well, and she's not a whiner. Like, you never see her be like, oh, this is too hard. Like, you don't see her giving up or anything. Like, she definitely has a lot of heart. Yeah. No, I thought that was Someone, though, I I want to get into the detail of George's strategy. Because our man's Kyle should have paid attention. Correct. He did not pay attention at all. In fact, he tried to do the complete opposite. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle's strategy was, yeah, the exact opposite. He tried to go with speed and took all the lighter ones first. Yeah, his and his plan was to try to get out on a lead on Theo because he thought, if I'm just faster than Theo, maybe that'll win because this is an endurance challenge and I have no chance in beating Theo in endurance, so maybe I can beat him with speed. And... I guess on paper that kind of makes sense. Maybe there's a world where that makes sense in theory. But that also means that you would need to actually get out to a bigger lead on Theo, which he didn't. He was only one relic ahead. And it would also mean that you would have to have enough stamina to lift the heaviest shit at the very end. When obviously you're tired. (laughs) And yeah. That didn't really work out for Kyle, but also the fact that Theo doing the opposite or doing what you said, Georgia's strategy, by the time he's tired, he only had the lighter ones left. And Yeah. Yeah. I I thought Georgia's strategy was really good. The one like tweak I would have made to Georgia's strategy is put them down roughly in order. Like, as you arrive at the finish line, yeah. like, refer to the sign and put it close, if not exactly where it should be. Like, be organized about where you put it so that there's no doubt. But, like, Kyle should have been doing the same thing. No, for and sure. And also, I don't understand why Kyle didn't roll the 100-pound one. I think his body was just spent. Like, I honestly just yeah, think he maybe. was super tired. And that's what kind of, I don't want to say it made me mad, but it was kind of just like, you guys are such jerks in terms of Polly and Kara laughing at Kyle. Like, that's yeah. a hard challenge, right? Like, that's not easy. And watching it, I was just thinking, you know, how would you guys do in this? Like, I feel like you guys would even struggle at this. Like, this is not, like, that. there's no way that that looked like it was easy. Right. And so to like laugh at someone struggling at the end, like I understand if you're laughing and it's a puzzle challenge or you're laughing and it's like, I don't know. And maybe that's just me finding a way to hate on Polly and Kara or like bring them down because they're running the house or whatever they are doing in this moment. But that was just my read on that. I thought that was kind of lame. Yeah, but they're so I mean, we haven't seen the too much of the Kara, Polly, Kyle, like, feud this season. True. But, like, that's that's who they are, <laughs> right? Like, they are so True. bitter. So bitter. Now, there's an important moment after the competitions are done. Theo's won. George's won. Yep. And I, wanted to, I want your opinion on this. Kyle is immediately in their ear. As he's hugging them, congratulating them, he's saying, switch teams. You have to switch to the United States. You have to switch to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Neither of them switch to the U.S. Okay. They both stick with the U.K. But what do you think the move was? Um, if I was Georgia, I would not switch. Because... 
if I was either of them, I wouldn't switch because I think even if Georgia switches, she might find herself at the bottom of the U.S. side of the house, right? Like with the girls, like who do you know what I mean? Like who's voting for? I don't know. I just see her at the bottom either way. Now, Theo, on the other hand, he might have had a better argument because even if the U.S. team wins, right, they're probably going to, like, there's other people on the other side they could throw in, right? They could throw in um, Idris. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas I feel like in the world of of uh, Georgia, unless you're talking about getting rid of D, which D is a number for that side, maybe you're talking about getting rid of Ninja. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just think that Georgia would find herself back in regardless. Like, going to the U.S. doesn't improve her chances of avoiding elimination in my mind right she's still going to be viewed as a uk person and so uh they're still going to be trying to get her out all the girls would still be trying to get her out whereas theo might have a chance might have a chance of surviving if he switched but again i understand why they would stay and i also think it doesn't matter because i give this this whole scheme two weeks max also, too, yeah. you don't know who's going to be, like, is it a guy or a girl's elimination next week? You have no idea. Yeah, that's true. You don't know what's going to be. I just thought, I wonder, see, I take Tori's point, where if you're Theo in Georgia and you switch to the American side, that tips, like, I guess the thinking would be that the Theo-Georgia bear... Kyle was sort of part of it alliance on the within the British team it's lost like every time like they're they're not they have no power within the um, British team right yeah but, but if they switch to the American side they are both part of the Tory Jordan alliance which would tip the balance which is like a more even thing but it's still but we've already established that you know it's basically that game being played right now anyways right like theo and georgia are already on that side of the house and they already ended up in the elimination yeah but i mean in terms of like on the american team like let's say they join the american team suddenly they're not just the two of them they're those two tori jordan nani josh I don't know. So suddenly they're on a team, like an alliance of six and maybe Leroy and Zach, right? Like rather than just the two of them. Because it's now down to basically the two of them versus Joss, Rogan, D, um, you know, Idris and CT can (laughs) come and go, right? Like I I see the argument. It's interesting. It's interesting. Very interesting. We'll leave that to the peoples to decide. How about that one? That's fair. So what was your line of the episode? So my line of the episode came right at the very end of the episode. And of course I'm saying this because I'm assuming we're going to name this episode. You have liability. Wow. You have liabilities. I'm assuming that. That's my guess early. I don't know. We (laughs) I leave the naming conventions of our podcast to the one and only john chidley hill but (laughs) i'll say this much uh my line of the episode came at the very end and it was more so because of the setup and the delivery because you know 
what's her name? Esther gives like this like passionate speech about how great of a time she had and how much she loved hanging out with everybody and how it was a great experience for her and she accomplished so many things that she never could have seen herself doing and it was such a like great moment like even tj's giving her props and like they're cutting to different cast members and she's starting to tear up you're seeing cast members start to tear up i had to catch myself sitting on my couch like whoa is she almost getting me here like what's happening this is a moment and then your man's kyle just jumps in (laughs) which i thought was pretty funny kyle just jumps in and he's like i wish i had tears i could give too but Honestly, I don't like most of you guys. <laughs> and it was just the delivery was so good. Shouts to Kyle. And it's kind of my, like, farewell to Kyle as well. Uh, Liabetes is definitely my line of the episode. Hey. Because it's so it's, good. It's, gonna, it's so good. It's, go, it's going to change how we talk. Like, how we speak about the challenge. How we speak to other people. Like it is, it was a life-changing moment. It's a moment that will stand the test of time and be bigger than the show. You know what I mean? So true. No, that's fair. That's fair. It's like when Smashly coined the phrase "politicking," like it was, it was just like it captured the zeitgeist. You know? So it, it was a moment in for time. Me, it was. It was. It was a moment in time. Well put. Uh, so I have to ask Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? So as much as I would like to say, or I probably should say, it's a, the duo of Polly and Kara because clearly they appear to be having a stranglehold right now on the house in terms of the fact that they've eliminated their enemies. And when you look at Laurel and Johnny Bananas and Kyle, they've taken out all of their enemies and they seem to be in control of the house. As much as I should say them, I'm not going to. <laughs> I could maybe say Ashley because I think Ashley did a good job of getting what she wanted, but shifting the focus or the spotlight onto someone else. I probably could say that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give it to Esther because oh. Esther's leaving. And again, Esther wasn't the best person on this show. Esther was thrown in. You know, she was basically fighting an uphill battle from the very beginning. None of this show probably wasn't like what the challenge is now probably isn't meant for Esther. But I appreciated that she didn't quit. I appreciated that she tried. And I obviously like the fact as well that she appeared to strike a chord with most of the people in the house. Like she appeared to be well liked. And normally, if you're someone that's bringing your team down, and people don't like you, <laughs> they'll make that known. And I just thought it was really cool. In, the, in a house where we see most people be jerks, it was cool to see the whole house cheering for her and rooting for her. And, you know, even at the very beginning when, you know, when the event started and TJ sounds a horn and they start running and Esther started booking it, the look on like Cam and I forget who Cam's standing beside, but they were like, whoa, Esther really took off. Like she was here to play. And, I'm not about participation medals, really, but I guess in this instance, that's what I'm doing. I I don't know, but I just thought it was really cool to see. It was a different kind of vibe from the challenge. It was a positive vibe. It wasn't like, you know, 
we do a lot of shittiness on this podcast, right? And like big up a lot of that stuff. This was something positive and good. And every once in a while, we need that. So Esther, you killed it. Yeah, I, you know, I really like that positivity. And I will note that uh, a lot of people, t- like a lot of the cast members tweeted about how much they loved her attitude. Like Tori shouted out Esther and said, you know, Esther had the perfect attitude, a pleasure to play the game with. Uh, so yeah, I like what you're saying. However, you alluded to who I'm going to pick for my MVP. I thought the MVP was easily Smashly. Okay. Because you touched on it. She's getting her way, but she's not getting her hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And eventually, when the format changes or whatever, people are going to gun for Kara and Polly. People are not going to gun for Ashley. Like yeah. Zach, who is on the other side of the American alliances. He doesn't even know that Ashley's working against him, right? Like, yeah. yeah. To quote a famous movie, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Dun, dun, dun. Smashly, like, remember the first or second episode of the season? Ashley said, like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. I don't have, like, any of my people here. Yep. Right? Like, none of the... Uh, Lavender ladies? The Lavender ladies. Thank you. None of the Lavender ladies are there. None of their, like, associates uh, on Team Young Buck are there. Mm-hmm. She's she's out there doing it by herself, and, like, no one's even breathing her name. It's true. Right? Like, no one's even suggesting that she should go in. And, like, I was earlier in this episode sort of praising how Kyle had done a good job of starting fires that he didn't have to put out mm-hmm. ashley's doing a better job yeah right yeah so ashley you killed it and i'm so glad that she is on the show i'm a big fan of ashley's i really like her and i want to say i quite like kyle and i was sorry to see him eliminated i think he misplayed things this season yeah but i like him like i think he's good tv and like i i would like hang out with him i think he's fun um earlier in the episode you and i talked about who between us would have liabilities okay and i threw up a poll on twitter which is going to last for another 22 hours (laughs) okay but i'm gonna give you the early results so i asked who has a worst case of liabilities me or shall alexander and we gave three options option number one me Option number two, you. <laughs> Option number three, you're both pure. Okay. And off the hop, we got a reply from Roy Lee's intern. And he says, ain't no liabilities in this podcast. Thank you very much, <laughs> Roy Lee's intern. Reality intern. I appreciate that. He's a big fan of You Killed It. I always appreciate what he has to say. But I've got some bad news for you, Sheldon. Okay. of the six people who voted so far (laughs) say that we're both pure. Okay. But there is one person, one hater out there, who thinks that you have liabilities. So far, I have zero (laughs) votes. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean... We'll, we'll just see. We'll, we'll leave it open, and we'll, we'll see how things last, and, and we'll regroup and, and figure things out next time, I guess. 
I'm hurt. Though. Where can I'm hurt? <laughs> that one person that voted for you, Sheldon, did some damage. <laughs> uh, where can the people find you on the social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Like and follow. Hit me up. Let me know what you think during the week. Whenever it is that you happen to watch the challenge, whether you know whatever day of the week, whenever you get caught up on the podcast, let us know at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, tell your friends wherever you found this. Like and subscribe on uh, SoundCloud or on YouTube or on iTunes, like and subscribe, tell your friends, rate us. I always steal this line from my man, Bomani Jones. Rate us and give us five stars. If you only give us four, then I'm forced to think you're a hater. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.